Thanks for subscribing to the One Cause podcast. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, so we believe that the more you hear these truths, the more they will benefit your life. Remember, all it takes is believing it. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1 this morning. This message is titled, First Things First. Those of you watching online, thanks for being with us. My good friend Steve Bolden, I believe, will be watching, and uh, it's good to... It's been good to connect with him. And we're in Mark chapter 1, and this is titled First Things First. You know, Pastor Jen said that we got the amazing chance to be back in San Angelo this weekend, which we had never uh, set foot in that place, at least me, for probably seven years. And before that, it may have been six or seven more years. So I've been gone a long time. And the last time I went, it was a whirlwind for a funeral, unfortunately, and didn't get to spend any time. But it was super cool. Uh, I woke up really early yesterday morning, and one or two of you may know that the reason I did that was for a place called Corner Stop, and that is my favorite breakfast burrito place in the whole world, in this whole wide world, and um, they do breakfast burritos and not tacos. The burritos are like twice as big, and the Lord knows I love that, and so uh, I got a chance to go there, and, but it was cool because we were driving around, and I was telling all these younger people that we were with, that's where I used to love to eat. That's where I used to ride skateboards. That's where I used to do this and play music. And, and, uh, and Max asked me something really unusual because I thought I had been presenting San Angelo with a really positive, exciting light because I like the place. And he said, Dad, are you sad? And I guess he was saying, are you sad that you're not here? And I said, no. I said, if there's any part of me that's sad at all, it's because I didn't see what I had the first time. Does that make sense to you? And so I think that we always need to be people in God's family that are seeing what he has for us. The exact same thing. We did not plan this, what Jen said, but we both talked about being a part of God's family and opening ourselves up to what he has for us, never, ever forgetting what he has for us. Those amazing things that he's brought into our lives. No matter how many years we sit in these rows, no matter how many friends we've had in this church for 10 years, it's always great to be reminded how good God is and what he's done for us. So we're in Mark chapter 1 this morning, and this is called First Things First because I believe that firsts are important, right? The law of first mention is important. It's the first time something in the Bible is mentioned, it's typically really important. First place medals are important, right? It's important. The firstborn child, where are those first, first, firstborn children, right? They're going to say, I'm the most important, right? The first thing you do out of bed in the morning, it should be read your Bible, but it's not always like that because that's, you know, I don't do that either first thing every day, uh, but that's okay. So that was a joke. Are you with me? Can we smile here? We're having fun in church. Give me a big smile. And uh, so firsts are important, right? And, and I believe that associated with firsts are first responses. How we respond to certain things in life, the first thing that we do. And I believe, I truly believe, because I've seen this in my life and I am a stubborn human being, I believe that we can train ourselves to be better at this in responses. I believe that we can train ourselves to allow God to do things in our lives, open ourselves to teaching, open ourselves to the betterment of the word, open ourselves, dare I say, even to correction. Hallelujah. 
I have been corrected more in the last two years than I've ever been corrected in my life. And I am happier in the, these last two years than I've ever been in my life. Yeah. I'm just going to say that right now. Lord, he, he corrects me with the word and with encouragement. Like, hey, this is who you are. This is how you, this is, this is the amazing life you have. You don't have to be like that. You don't have to, you don't have to say that. You don't have to drive like that. <clears throat> right? So firsts are important. And we see this timeline laid out in Mark chapter one, where Jesus is beginning his earthly ministry, right? His Galilean ministry is about to be born. And what's amazing about this is, I won't read it, but immediately before verse 14, it talks about the fact that he was led into the wilderness and tempted by Satan, tempted by the, the, uh, the enemy. And so I love that Jesus' response is to be tempted in the wilderness, step out and launch a religion-shattering, earth-shifting ministry associated with the love of God. Anybody happy about that today? Who's happy to be in church? Well, I'm, I'm glad to see you, Brandon Webster. He's happy to be here. What a smile. I love that smile. All right, so we see Satan tempting Jesus, and then he, he responds with, um, it's time to start my ministry. It's time to revolutionize this place. It's time to bring life where there's death. It's time to bring light where there's darkness. And then he walks, he continues, and we're looking at uh, probably, we'll, I'll read in about 16, in verse 16 of Mark 1. Stick with me. My words are somewhat troublesome today. I'm trying to craft them and slow down when I speak because they were failing me earlier. It says that as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. That's the normal thing that fishermen do, right? Casting a net into the sea. They're just doing their thing. And it says, then Jesus said to them, now, now picture this, like this is one of my favorite passages of scripture in the Bible, because honestly, I don't know if I could respond like this. I'm just going to be real frank. He says, Jesus walks up and says, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. And then verse 18 says this, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Is there any part of you that would say, well, hold on, can I, let me check with my family I still owe a little bit of money on this boat. Is there any way that I, you know, it'd be great if I could just, can, can I meet up with you regularly or can we, are you at somebody's house? Can we, how do we do this, right? But it says immediately they left their boats. And in my mind, like when you leave your livelihood, you're sold out. Like you're ready to go. Something in Jesus led them to believe that I want to be around that guy. I want to be where he is doing things. I want to be helping him. And this is, remember, this is the beginning of his ministry. There's not even really any history here. So it says in 19, when he had gone a little far, farther from here, from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending their nets. That's important, mending their nets. And immediately he called them. And listen to this. And they left their father in the boat with hired servants and went after him. How would you feel if you were those guys? Jesus is like, uh, yeah, you two, Benny, Larry, right there. You, yeah, you two, everybody else just stay. You two, come on. We're going to go change the world. You guys, I appreciate you guys. Just stay here. And I, I would not want to be one of those guys. Dad's like, okay, sons, have a great life. Do great things. I'll support you. 
come visit your mom, I guess. Right? But firsts are important, and this is the first calling of some disciples into his ministry. This is him building a team, and evidently he saw something in them. So I've got a couple of thoughts, and if, if you'd like to take notes, I would encourage you to write this down. They're really simple, and I do that because it helps me go back and understand like what was being said when, you know, a simple thought. First simple thought is, is, is simply your job to respond to God with trust. And I say trust because that's a big word for us. Respond to God with trust. Don't raise your hand. But potentially, there are a lot of people in this room who have trust issues. Because of what someone did, or something someone said, maybe a teacher when you were young, or somebody stole from you, or somebody did this and affected you. And I'm not telling you that's not okay. I'm just saying there's a way for us to respond with trust, respond to God with trust. Look at how the disciples did that. They just dropped their nets and walked away. Now that's trust, folks. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you to drop everything you have and let's form a compound back here in the, on the field. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there are elements in our lives where I believe that we can be trained to respond to God like that. Where, where when something comes up and, it, you know, you get an extra bill, a medical bill that you didn't, you didn't expect this, this month, and you're like, oh, you know, maybe you budget, and you're like, that's not in the budget. But you can say, instead of freaking out and, and you know, getting a migraine headache or whatever it is, you can say, you know what? I, I truly believe God's going to help us. I, I believe. I've learned to say, I don't, I'm not saying to, for you to do this, but Jen and I have learned to say, uh, we don't say things like, Lord, make this happen in this time, or Lord, bring us that extra $200 for that bill. We just say, Lord, we trust you. And, and with me, what it's often is with us is he'll, he'll give us wisdom to shift things around in our lives, and then it's fixed. I mean, I'd love to see, I'd love, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see a $1,000 check show up in the mailbox that I wasn't expecting, but if it doesn't, that's okay because I know that he's with me and he's for me and he's saying, uh, uh, you know, just do this, um, pay a little bit less on that bill this month and then remember that you have this over here that's coming in so everything's going to be fine, don't worry about it. It's almost like a father. Almost like a loving, caring father who knows your needs, who knows what you have need of, who is your provider. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Your first response is critical, so respond to God with trust. I wonder, I really do, I wonder sometimes if it's just me or maybe you're in here with me and you think, you know, maybe there are areas in my life, say self, are there areas in my life where I could respond with trust? Where I could respond to the Lord with trust instead of fear or instead of worry or instead of anger or instead of offense? where we can just say, you know what, Lord? I trust that you have this. I trust that you have me. I believe in you. I believe in what Jesus did way more than I believe in what's in this skull. I want, listen, listen, I want Holy Spirit wisdom way more than I want worldly wisdom. I love my people in the world, but I believe I rely, we rely on the Holy Spirit to help us. That was way off script. None of that was in, your, in my notes. That was free. That was free. Okay, uh, yeah, 
respond differently. Okay, so Jesus is walking by on the shore, and he sees these guys, and he says, uh, yeah, you two come on with me, and he walks a little bit further, and he sees these other guys, and he says, uh, all you guys in the boat wait there, but you two right there with the red bandana and the purple sequin outfit, come on. I was just seeing if you're listening. <laughs> That's not in scripture, actually. That was just my crazy mind. Um, but listen to this. They, they could have been any kind of people. They could have been any kind of businessmen, but they were fishermen. They were fishermen. There's something profound there. Right? Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. This is a familiar passage to us because it talks about kind of how the church works and how the church influences those people around and the church grows. And it says, And he himself, capital H, that's Jesus, gave some some people, right, to be apostles, which are those who oversee leaders in the church, um, prophets who bring exhortation, edification, or comfort to men. That's what a prophet does, which is good. Those are all good things. They're not bad. They're good. Um, some evangelists who say, you got to know this Jesus that I know. Let me pray for you right now. We're going to get you into heaven, like right now. We're going to do this, right? Those are evangelists. And some pastors, like, <clears throat> right? And some teachers who teach. And this is for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So all these people, these classes of people are put in for the edifying, the building up of the body in Christ, right? So the church would become stronger. Does that make sense to you? The church? But listen to this. You know what that word uh, equipping means? In the Greek translation, what it was originally written in, that word equipping in the Greek means to mend to mend. And what this is saying, this is so powerful. That's why I believe that it's not a coincidence that he called fishermen. Because people become, when they become apostles, prophets, when they become those things, they are mending people. Mending people to make the church stronger. It's not a coincidence that that's there. All right? You should be, uh, we should be as the church bringing people in and helping them mend their lives forgetting the past, looking forward to what's next, what's new, forgetting the offenses, forgetting the disappointments, forgetting the, you know, this is hard, this is a hard word, but with the Lord's help, I believe that you can even forget things, you know, abuse and and, and really difficult situations that you've been through because when you find out how much God loves you, how what he wants for you is the next step. And listen, it may take a little time to get past that. I understand that. I think God understands that too. But he's got better for you. He's got better for you. So trust issues. And that word trust is a hard, it's a hard word for us. Listen, I, I've had times in my life where I, I couldn't trust. I didn't trust people because I judged everybody according to what that person did. And that's not fair to everybody else. It's not fair to ever, it's not fair, well, should I say that? It's, it's a different ball game to view God as you do view people on earth. Because he's not like people. He loves, he loved you before you were even on the scene. No matter what you would ever do. He trusted Jesus so much that he gave his only son just in case you believed Jesus died for you. There was no guarantee, folks. God had no guarantee that you would trust Jesus and be in heaven. 
That was a step of faith on his behalf. To say, I'm going to do this because, man, I would love to have all those people in heaven with me as my family. Wow, man. Trust issues can be dealt with and laid aside. Listen, uh, we have a, a really dear friend that we've had for years. We do not have, these two people do not have a 401k. So we buy lotto tickets. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, so we, we, years ago, we, we, ha- we linked up with a financial advisor, and uh, we just determined to give that person a little bit of the money that came into our household every month to start a retirement, right? And so uh, what's great about that is the first thing you do when you do that typically is what? Worry. Man, I really could use that money. I really could use that money, especially when we have a plumbing repair or we need a roof or... But God puts people in your life to help you out and, and help you overcome. And man, but, uh, but we had this advisor and we gave this person money every month. And, and it's our job. It's my job and Jen's job just to say, here's this money. Please do something better with it than I would do with it. Okay, I need you to make this better. Because if it's up to me, it's not good. Because I'm buying gadgets and food and whatever else. When I could be thinking about my legacy. Anybody with me? Like, you, you take this and do something better with it than I could do with it. So this is trust. And it's not, hey, here's this, and please do something with it. Oh, but don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, 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 don't, don't do that. It's trust. Trust. It's trust. Is it trust or is it not? We've got to trust the Lord. Trust God. And not, I'm not talking about just with money. Of course, that is important. But, but with these situations, it's us saying, you can do something better. Lord, you can do something better. Anybody tired of like having the burden on your back to make everything happen in your life? Yeah, this is, listen, there's those of us sitting in this room that have been in the church world for years. And, and if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves waking up in that seat where we've put it all back on us. Instead of like shrugging off and going, wow, how could I forget what Jesus did for me? I don't have to. And listen, it's a battle, I understand, in your mind. But I believe... I truly believe that you can train yourself to respond differently. You can train yourself to respond differently. Listen to this. I'm going to read a scripture to you that may be familiar. Mark 11, verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, this tree that they had spoken about the day before. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, teacher, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. That is so cool. That's crazy. So Jesus answered and said to them, and this, listen, if, if, you need, if you need this morning a reminder about how good God is, l- listen to this next line. Because of all the theologians in the world that we should listen to, it should be Jesus. These words are in red in my Bible. That means that Jesus spoke them. And that someone chronicled this. And what was his answer? 
Have faith in God. Man, I listen, I'm a simple guy sometimes. I like simple. If it gets cloudy and murky, I'm like, I, I don't want to be indecisive. I just need to know, have faith in God. That's simple. Have faith in God. And don't have, listen, I love doctors. We pray for doctors. I love bankers. I pray for bankers. Everybody else. But have faith in God. That he's going to be your provision. That he's going to be the one that revolutionizes your life. That he's going to be the one that brings change from the inside out. Not just forces change from the outside in. That was what they had before Jesus showed up. That's what religion did before Jesus showed up. Do this, don't do this, wash this, don't wash that. Eat this, don't eat that. That's, that's pressure from the outside. That doesn't bring heart change. That brings rule following. Anybody ever in their whole life broken one rule? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. Because religion... Ugh. Right? Have faith in God. This is a beautiful love story. This whole Bible is a beautiful love story about the power that's in Jesus. And the way that everything changes when you simply trust him. When you simply put your trust in him. Listen to this. If, you're, if you have a Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, the book of coffee. <laughs> I need a better laugh. Uh, it says, for it was fitting for him, capital H, Jesus, for whom all things and by whom all are all things in bringing many sons to glory. This is, this is many sons and daughters. This is many sons and daughters. Okay, it was fitting in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. I think Pastor Alex reminded us at, or somebody last week, a couple weeks ago in communion about the captain of our salvation. Make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified, say that's me, are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. He's not ashamed to say, hey, yeah, that's my sister. I love her. She's so awesome. That's my brother. Yeah, but what about, I saw that guy, he's mean. Well, that's my brother. I love him. Listen, take it easy. There's a plank in your eye, too, so let's just take it easy. Come on. Let's remind each other about how much we are loved. Right? Let's remind each other about how much we are loved. Okay. I'm not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, quote, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. Praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. You know what that says? God put his trust in Jesus. I will put my trust in him. I will put my trust in him. The M is capitalized and the H is capitalized. That means God's putting his trust in Jesus. This is, this is how it's going to happen. This is the answer. I trust that this is the difference. That Jesus will be the difference in your life. That he'll be the difference in your thought processes. He'll be the difference in your actions. He'll be the difference in the way you lead your family, the way that you work with your coworkers, the way you deal with your finances. Jesus is the difference. 
I will put my trust in him. First response is critical. Respond to God with trust. Number two, say number two. Now, take that and respond to your situations with your God. Number two, take that and respond to your situations with your God. A lot of times we respond to our situations with fear, offense, hatred, anxiety, if we bottle it all up, anxiety. We respond to situations and, and it creates that and, we, and, and then it just bleeds out into other areas of our lives. But it's interesting to see this, this immediate birth of Jesus' ministry in Mark 1 when he walks into the first church service. He's speaking in the synagogue and a man with an unclean spirit stands up. The first church service. You think that's quite possibly because there were, about, there were a lot of needs that were about to become evident? to needing Jesus as the answer. Because all we see throughout Mark and all, these, and all the Gospels is, is uh, Jesus healed a leper. Jesus healed a paralytic. Jesus cast out unclean spirits. Jesus cast out demons into swine. Evidently, there's need everywhere. And so th- this, is, this is our pattern to respond to that need or circumstance with our God. This is how we respond. Respond to the situation with Jesus, not your wisdom, not your strength, and not your plan of attack. And if you don't know what to do, what do you do? God, help me. I need some wisdom. But on that, I will say, be open-minded. Because the Lord, we've received, I mean, you'll receive a text from someone or a call or see something on, the, on, on, the, on social media that it not only encourages you, but helps you, oh, yes, that's exactly what I needed. That's the answer I needed right there. I'm crazy enough to believe that God can use anything. If he can use a donkey, he can use anything to talk to me. If I'm only tuned in and listening, now if I go, Lord, help me, and then I try to figure everything out, do all the numbers, and uh, make everything happen, and then I can't sleep at night, and I'm going, I got it, what, okay, what am I going to do now? Or am I going to do that, or am I going to say, God, help me, I need your help. And I'm looking, I'm looking around. Maybe sometimes it's as simple as, who do I know? Who do I know? Who's in my network? Who do I know that might have a job opportunity? Who do I know that's been through this? Who do I know that's successful? Who do I know that that, uh, that just sent their kid to college and I need some helpful hints, whatever it is, who do I know? we got to be people that reach out, man. I'm, I, I spent a lot of years of my life not starting conversations because I was scared. And I've learned that's the, one of the best things you can ever do in your life is start a conversation. Start a conversation with somebody. Talk to somebody, right? This Bible, this Bible clearly lays out uh, uh, that people either in this first chapter of Mark, they, they either heard Jesus talking in the room or on the street, or they heard about him. Dude, you're not going to believe this. 
I saw Jesus touch a leper, and he was healed. Remember Bill that's outside of town that's not supposed to come in? He knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. Help me. Heal me. You know what that guy did? He said, not only am I willing, he reached out and laid his hand on his shoulder and said, be cleansed. When religion says, walk the other way, you don't fit in the mold. So we see this beautiful timeline laid out of Jesus assembling the disciples and then immediately getting into the ministry, casting out an unclean spirit, healing Peter's mother-in-law. He heals many that were brought to him with all kinds of sickness and disease. He pre continues to preach in synagogues, continues to cast out demons. He touches and heals a leper. He heals a paralytic. That's one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. Drop that guy through the roof because there's no room to get in. So they're like, ah, let's just go up. Then he meets Matthew. Then he has the nerve. Jesus has the nerve to heal someone on the Sabbath. When religion says that's not okay. That's not how we do things. Man, I, we cannot get away from that quote that Andre Bronkhorst said when he was here. I'd rather be an amateur in the new than an expert in the old. I'd rather be an amateur in the new thing that God is doing than an expert in the old. Man, I'm so ready for what's next. I'm so ready for what's coming down the road for us. Right? This is a response to the needs. All Jesus is doing is preaching, casting out demons, and healing the sick. Preaching the good news that it's no longer up to you. Casting out demons and healing the sick. Preaching, casting out demons, healing the sick. This should be what we're about, folks. This should be what we're about. This is our pattern. The law, the law of first mention of these first couple of chapters is what Jesus did to change the earth. I've had sickness. I don't want it anymore. I don't like it. I've had anxiety. I, I think I probably have been depressed, actually. Seriously, I mean, I, I, you look back and you're like, in that season, I'm pretty sure I was struggling with depression. Or I was offended for a long period of time and could not give it over to God and could not get over it. See, all of these things, all these instances where people met up with Jesus, they're just opportunities for him to be the answer. It's just an opportunity for him to be the answer and say, uh, uh, let, me, let me tell you what we're going to do right here. Unclean spirit, hit the road, pal. Got no time for that, man. This can be, you can be trained to have an automatic response. You can be trained to have an automatic response if you allow yourself. Anybody uh, opt into text alerts anywhere? Give me that free appetizer. I'll opt into your text alert system. Right? Give me that free cheese dip. I'll, I'll, I'll let you text me every now and then. And so what happens is you get them with, no, with not even asking. You get alerts without even asking, and it's an automatic thing. It just pops up on your phone. Sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the perfect time. Let me tell you, God's automatic response is the perfect time every time. Perfect thing every time. When, our, when we respond, we can train ourselves to respond and say, you know what? 
this is my automatic response. This is what I do. When something rears its ugly head, this is what I do. Let me say this. There is a huge part of this lifestyle of thanksgiving. It means a lot. It means a lot to be thankful for what you have because it takes your eye off of what you don't have. And when, they're, when they're, we're in the midst of, 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 of a difficult relationship and all we see is the negativity, all we see is the frustration, all we see is the hurt, if we could see, if we could see the good, if we could see a future, then we take the focus off of the, the negative and shift it to the positive and say, you know what, I know there's an, maybe this is a, maybe this is a tough time, but I personally believe that there are better days ahead and just let it be. And then act like it, act like you believe it. Because if you say that and you go back to the same old you and same old, uh, listen, I've done that countless times and the Lord's helping me. He's, he's so gracious, and he just, he just simply says, you don't, you don't have to act like that. You don't have to say that. You don't have to act like that. That's not who you are. But you got to give permission to have an automatic response, right? You can train yourself to have an automatic response. Listen to this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Right? That's a given. We know that. Listen to this. For this purpose... The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Of the devil. That he might destroy the works of the devil. That is, that's how I know that my automatic response is right. Because if the devil's working in my life, my automatic response should be, that's not right. That's not how it should be. That's not the God that I serve. That's not what he has for me. So I'm not going to get bound up in the circumstance and the emotions tied to it. I'm just going to say, Where's that automatic text response? Boom. I'm thankful, Lord. Even though, that, even though that bill came in, Lord, I'm thankful that you are my provider. And that you're going to give me wisdom so I get through the other side of this in a better place. I'm not just dragging myself across the finish line. I'm going to be better. This is your answer. Jesus is your answer. Jesus is the origin of the weapons you fight with. The Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus is the one that's interceding on your behalf. First things first. Let's be people that respond to what God says to us by trusting Him. Let's be people that respond to circumstance in our life with our God. I'm going to respond with, this is my God. You don't even have to be all like super spiritual and say the perfect prayer. You just have to say, this is, this is what God has for me. And this over here is not. Those things don't match up. So I, I believe this is for me. And if you need somebody around you, make a note, because you do. You need somebody around you that can text you or call you or drop over to your house and say, listen, I know you're going through a hard time, but I also know that God is for you. And that even though right now it seems dark that he's coming through for you, he's working behind the scenes, turning all things together for good. And I'm here to encourage you to that. I'm here to tell you that, you, that it is not over. It's not too late. 
You will make it out of this. And whatever I can do to make that happen, I'm here for you. You need people around you that are going to talk like that. Let's be people that will stand up for each other. We talked about unity a month or two ago, and I cannot overstate that. Unified effort. This is a unified effort. So I'm, I'm finishing up. I just want to take a moment to pray for you this, this morning. <clears throat> and maybe you're sitting in this place, or maybe you're even watching online today, and, and you say, you know, I really don't even know where to start. I just don't know what, where to start. If maybe, maybe for you, the start today is trusting Jesus. Maybe the start is putting your faith in God's Son, that He was and always will be enough. That He will be the answer for what you have need. Or maybe you're saying, you know, I, I've, I believe I'm saved, I've trusted in Jesus, but I just don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. And I want to say to you that God is continually speaking. He's continually speaking. And maybe the next thing for you is to isolate some of the distractions in your life. Maybe the next thing for you is to get back in the Word if you haven't read the Bible for a while, to see the promises. Maybe the next thing to you, for you is to get back into living a lifestyle of thanksgiving and just being thankful about what God has done for you because He will do it again. He's no respecter of persons. He'll, if he does it for you, he'll do it for you. And today may be the day where you have to take that nervous, shaky step forward. A step of faith. And say, I don't know what's next, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to open myself up and I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to trust him like I never have before. Because I'm tired of the old, and I want what's next. I want to be an amateur in the new. So if, you, if you've never trusted in Jesus, it's very simple. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you'll be saved. And you'll live forever in heaven when your time here is finished, which I hope is a long time from now. But what's so beautiful about this love story is that it is so simple. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul tells the church that it is as simple as this. If you simply believe that Christ died, he hung on a cross, was crucified, died, was buried, and he rose again on the third day and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. If you believe that, if you trust Jesus and believe that sacrifice was for you, you'll be saved. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. So let, why don't you repeat these words after me? And, and, and if you've never prayed this prayer, today is the first day of the rest of your life. First day of a new life for you that God has. So let's say this. Say, Lord, thank you for your goodness. I receive the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. I take it personal. Today, I am new. I am recreated 
And I thank you for newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you never prayed that before, and you're in this place, or maybe you're watching online, you can message us, and we'd love to, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to get some resources in your hand. We'd love to, to pray with you, ask you what you have need of, and, uh, and just introduce you to this Jesus that's going to absolutely change your life. Enjoying the podcast? If you want more, you can always visit One Cause Church on YouTube and Facebook to watch full services.